0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trumble, the horror movie podcast. Uh, you know, hopefully, you, hopefully you're here ready to be, in, you know, entertained. If not, that's cool too. You can always pocket this aside till you're feeling better. But with me, as always, Stephen Taylor. How's it going?
1: Doing all right. Doing all right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Sleepy, but doing good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's It's hard to sleep these days, but. Yeah.
0: See, you know. I have that problem, but for probably a totally different reason. It's because my girlfriend fucking snores. So, like, like <laughs> it's a race of who goes to sleep first, because if it's not me, I'm, I'm fucked. Like, I, <laughs> all I hear is, and it's like I'm done. I can't do this. Uh, also joining us today is the Dan Nichols. How's it going,
3: Dan? Hey, everybody. Hey, I'm Hell happy yeah. You know, it might not be a happy time, but I'm happy right now. How about that
0: You know, i was thinking about it. it's it's kind of tough to put out content this week because it's sort of like well what do you do right like do you acknowledge mm-hmm. it do you just sort of think my mindset is is that people might want a distraction and some people yeah and that's yeah. either way is fine but if you want a distraction this is here for your enjoyment again yeah. if not you can shelve it you can come back to us later no harm no foul um but it's tough because you have to think like Mm -hmm. who's who's really in the mindset to hear about robert pattinson beating the shit out of a seagull you know not (laughs) not everyone's in the frame of mind to be discussing these things but if you are we're here you're here if you're not here that's cool too
1: yeah Um, i was just saying i was in the same predicament so yeah Yeah. like i got something new and i'm like do i launch ah or do i sit on it for another bit
3: (laughs) we we uh we have an episode of our web series that's ready to go. And again, in the same boat of like, it's a straight up comedy where We're like, is it insensitive to mm. be like, mm-hmm. here you go. Laugh at these clowns right now. But yeah. you know, yeah. everybody's going to, everybody needs, I think the option to be able to, to process and take it as they need it.
2: Yeah. You know, exactly. sometimes
3: you need to cry and sometimes you just want to see Robert Pattinson, uh, beating the shit out of his meat. <laughs> and this I mean, is there's why no I'm reason, so happy
2: There's no reason you can't do those Potentially at the same time, you know
1: <laughs> yeah, what I was point. gonna say This is why I love I love Dan But this is why I love Taylor
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I swooped
1: in That was beautiful
2: There's no reason to limit ourselves
1: No, <laughs> no, I love all you guys <laughs>
0: It's mutual Yeah, really, you can beat anything you want As long as you put your mind to it uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah lighthouse um yeah if you haven't seen this movie um buckle up Hopefully uh, you didn't watch it with, like, your roommate or someone else that you have maybe a slightly awkward relationship with, because that (laughs) would...
1: Oh, yeah. Are we having memories of Vancouver International Film Festival here or something? (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: I'm definitely going to have something interesting to say during the first time we watched this, because I have a very distinct memory of that, of exiting the
4: film afterwards, at
1: least. I, uh, honestly I will say right off the bat that we could do 5 episodes on the lighthouse easily. Oh I would for sure. That like the-
0: all 5 of them you would have to do it in that like pirate, like.
1: <laughs> well, I, I mean, because I mean, there there are so many themes that run it through it that you could that you could break off into episodes. I mean, there's psychoanalysis that's a theme in this one, mythology, alcoholism, homoeroticism. Like, there's <laughs> so much different stuff going on in this movie.
2: Well, and then there's all the theories of what is actually going on. Like, we mm-hmm. have all these mm-hmm. themes and things popping up, but like, is there ever an answer as to what? actually is happening i don't think there is one in the movie but like we could just go on about that i feel like yeah
3: and all these like all this symbolism and all these metaphors as well referencing uh the sea and like king triton and stuff like that
4: Mm -hmm. yeah
3: it's it's all gotta mean something Mm -hmm. um but yeah you could just unpack this for days
0: yeah um what does it all mean? Well, the official summary at least gives some answers. Two lighthouse keepers tried to maintain their sanity while living on a remote and mysterious New island, New England sorry, island in the 1890s. Um, yeah, maintain their sanity, that's uh, one word for it. I mean, mm-hmm. when you get accusational and you start imagining that you're jerking off to a mermaid, you know.
4: Just, <laughs> yeah.
0: Sanity is kind of gone at that point. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, why we chose this, I mean, it should be pretty obvious. It's a pretty fucking awesome movie.
1: Yeah. It's one uh, of the greatest things released last year. And it's, it's, it's crazy to think that this is just Robert Eggers, uh, second feature film mm-hmm. and he's, I mean, the the, 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 this movie is nothing but taking chances. Like yeah. it, it is so it is so bold and like I mean aspect ratio, everything mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. black and white. Uh, uh, I, I mean it, it, it's it's like a David Lynch, David Cronenberg combined sea shanty. Like mm-hmm. I, I I mean if for A twenty four is the only studio that is going to take a chance like this.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, they. As a studio, like they're still relatively young. They haven't been around for that long, but I think they take so many risks in the films that they produce that they're quickly becoming a, a favorite of many genre horror fans mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they are the ones taking the risk. They're, you know, they're looking at Ari Asker's, uh, you know, demonic dick pics and they're like, this guy can make a movie. um, <laughs> 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 um but yeah, they're they're the ones doing interesting stuff in horror, and uh, mm-hmm. not to say other studios aren't, but they're consistently pushing the boundaries and letting filmmakers do that. And that's something that uh, I think the more and more you see what filmmakers are able to do, it's sort of like yeah, this is why they should have freedom and not be restricted. But mm-hmm. on the flip side of that, you have stuff like the Snyder Cut, where people are like, release this other cut of this movie that may or may not even be good. Like, you yeah. know, at least they A for you know, it's the director's cut. At least I like to hope so.
1: Just putting that out there right now on recording, I could give a fuck about the Snyder Cut. I could give an absolute shit. I don't care. I just absolutely don't care.
2: Can I ask a really dumb question to someone who's not in the movie universe a lot? Mm -hmm. What 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 the fuck is the Snyder Cut? So
1: it's apparently because I mean, Justice League was filmed over years because mm -hmm. they kept going back for reshoots, and then sadly. Um, Zach and Deborah Schneider's daughter committed suicide during this whole thing, which took him away from the movie. Uh, which is what when Joss Whedon was brought in. Uh, but he had all this stuff, all this other, like an entirely other movie filmed, uh, and it just it never got done. Instead, they d- they did a whole extensive reshoots. They ballooned the budget up by double, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's
3: very very expensive movie. Oh, so expensive! Two hundred fifty million. Yeah, and then
1: they spent another twenty six million dollars in erasing Henry Cavill's mustache in post production, <laughs> Uh and, and it's the movie's a fucking mess. It's a god awful piece of shit mess where nobody has any kind of cohesion whatsoever. No, uh, any. Any forward momentum they did with Wonder Woman was immediately undone in the first twenty minutes of the film. Uh, it, it, it is it is a god awful piece of shit from okay. beginning to finish. It is just an awful, awful, awful piece of shit. And so,
4: so when we're
2: talking about the Snyder Cut, we're talking about a recut of the Justice League movie. That's yes. what it right. Is. Okay, but okay. it doesn't it doesn't actually
3: exist yet. All the, all these nerds are like, show us it, but it doesn't exist. All, all he basically is saying is like. Yeah, we shot a lot of stuff, and, and newsflash for anybody, they do that on every fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of stuff that they shoot that'll never see the light of day. But so everyone was convinced that there's this one definitive cut, uh, and the nerds made enough noise that Warner Brothers, with their streaming service HBO Max, were just like, you know, we have, I guess, little it's little risk if they are in fact sticking to like a twenty to thirty million budget to mm-hmm. to finish uh, post production in VFX etc. But now they're kind of like crafting a Snyder cut out of Justice League. And I don't know how many people are like, you know, I want to after Watchmen, for example, who are going to be like, you know, like, give me six episodes or four episodes of the Snyder cut. That's not yeah. really prestige television, well, especially and, what, what, when a lot of that is going to be stuff that we saw in the movie, too, to be yeah. fair. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like if they're hashing something together just because people want something. Like, the, it's not that doesn't guarantee it's going to be good either. They're just putting yeah. shit together. And, yeah, yeah, anyways.
1: And, and, and we're talking about a guy that literally hijacked the word visionary for his yeah. descriptor. The guy is not fucking visionary. Anybody that's seen fucking Sucker Punch knows he's not visionary. Anybody that's seen fucking Man of Steel or fucking, uh, Batman v Superman knows the man is not a fucking visionary. The only reason he is called that is because he had a great source material to make fucking Watchmen out of. That's the only fucking reason. He's always had great source material of other people's shit.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, too, is people say, well, Justice League, at least Whedon's version, used like 30% of Sack's footage. So people think... Well, if you put that together with the other 70% and make it into a movie, that'll be a great movie. And it's like, no, it's entirely possible, if not very likely, that you'll take that 30%, build on it, turn it into a full movie, and it's just fucking garbage. Because guess what? Man of Steel was, Batman v Superman was it's not mm-hmm. gonna be make it a good movie it's just going to make it another terrible movie that the fans will be like well we won this so we'll champion yep. it either either way it doesn't matter how good or bad it'll be they'll still support it they'll still say it's the greatest yep. thing since citizen Kane. Yep. which yeah i can guarantee you it won't be anywhere close yep. to citizen
1: Kane quality he, if it's still got ezra miller in it it's fucking garbage
3: she know. directed three 300 i forgot that he had yeah. directed 300 and i think that's what got his whole visionary status yeah which yeah, is based
1: right. on the backs of frank miller's work yeah. and uh i'm sorry most of that movie is in slow-mo you speed that movie up it's about 50 minutes long
3: yeah and it's just like everyone's like oh but look at all this it, it looks like a comic book it's just all green screen it
2: is yeah, absolutely you know I mean?
1: all green screen it's, okay the guy can make a great fucking music video fucking yeah. great yeah. you know
2: I want to see a sped up version of 300 now.
1: <laughs> but it's just all in regular speed. Yeah. And, like, and over. Like all it <laughs> is is slow mo, just crazy slow mo action sequences of water flying, blood flying, like CG blood, or- and fucking rippling abs and fuck- Like the only great thing that I can still pull from them because the movie pales to me every time I watch it, it just gets worse. Mm-hmm. Is that really great fast Bender leap scene? That's it. Yeah.
2: And the memes. The memes are the good thing.
3: Yeah. Kicking right? into the pit. Yeah. 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 yeah.
4: But yeah. But segue. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I, I was Sorry. Gonna say. I, I derailed this
2: a little bit. <laughs> no, no, no.
3: I, like, it's just funny enough that, you know, Snyder had uh, his his run at Batman. I fuck like everybody. I liked Ben Affleck as Batman. Mm-hmm. Sorry. D- don't <laughs> at me. Um, but now it's Robert Pattinson taking over yeah. because Justice League pretty much blew any chances of continuing. Uh, that iteration of the bat and now we got pattinson taking all kinds of risks in the past few years of his life and Mm -hmm. yeah you know i I just can't imagine what he's going to bring to batman at this point yeah oh Oh, for
1: sure uh so but robert eggers should be called visionary
3: there you go yeah there
1: you go (laughs) he's a bit yeah two films and he earned it
0: yeah um well Back on track. First time we watched uh. this. <laughs> Sorry. No, uh, no, no. All no. good. It's you important. know what? I, I want to know what is the cross-section of people who are fans of Tremble <laughs> and are fans of the Snyder Cut. You know, I want to know what percentage <laughs> of yeah.
4: you are yeah. like,
0: where's my Snyder Cut? Uh-huh.
4: Um,
0: we'll find out, I guess. Um, yeah, but yeah, first time we watched this, uh, I think there will be at least some similarities here between mine and Steve. Because yeah. we both saw it. At VIF. Yes. Um, yes. It was a very good time. I, um, yeah.
1: I I have to say that because uh, we saw it at the center, which is like the shittiest seats ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so rigid sitting in there. And but sound. I, shittiest sound. Absolutely. Sound. Yeah. But, but still, I was captivated. And and one of the things that uh, uh, about the lighthouse that is also so captivating is its sound design. It yeah. is so jarringly... Uh, creepy and terrifying in in a lot of the sound design and everything and uh yeah i i was i was inside the screen in this movie yeah for sure even even if the even if the uh even if the 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 seating wasn't wasn't great oh man the the movie draws you in it it, like it it is like a fisherman like it just keeps reeling you in
0: and there was something going on with the aspect ratio when we saw it mm-hmm. i couldn't figure out if it was the theater or the movie itself but either way it was a really cool sort of like i don't know aesthetic thing for that movie to watch it but
3: uh it's the movie right like it's just mm-hmm. shot in yeah. a square mm-hmm. ratio
0: it got, i honestly couldn't tell if it was the theater or the movie so i was like either way this is cool but the most at that notable, place
3: you couldn't put it past it either too mm-hmm. to be that's fair that's
0: the thing i was like i don't know this theater honestly could just show this thing at the suspect ratio and it could just be how they do things <laughs> um, but uh the most notable thing is after the movie got up and there was like a couple <laughs> sitting behind me and or I, I don't think they were a couple i think maybe they were like on a second date or something like that like you could tell they were still pretty fresh into whatever their dating thing was and uh <laughs> the guy the girl just looks completely unhappy and dissatisfied and the guy just turns to her and he's like i'm sorry and i was like uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, a, not a great idea for a date let's go watch robert pattinson jerk off to a mermaid and beat the shit out of a seagull now let's go back to my place and fuck like no that's
2: well and and that's that's not even taking into account the end scene of that movie is robert pattinson spoilers i guess robert pattinson yeah. sprawled out on a rock getting his insides eaten by seagulls that's not exactly the most romantic uh <laughs> feeling to end <laughs> a movie on, no you know?
0: no you definitely don't feel positive after that you feel like no i don't want to i don't, don't want to hang out with anybody right now i <laughs> kind of want to go back smoke weed
3: <laughs> <laughs> what was the audience like at that because i i was out of town when that played during vif and uh i saw it um like the first night like the thursday night preview or whatever with an audience at the mm-hmm. fifth avenue Um, so that was like, you know, an audience of people, general moviegoers, at least with something like VIF, you're like, okay, people are, are probably going to be more open to the weirdness of this movie, uh, than just Joe blow public. So was the audience or the festival reaction positive? Otherwise, I would say so.
1: I would say so. I, I've kind of felt the audience was into it, but again, there's so many points of this movie where I'm so engrossed in it. Especially like looking at the, these these, I mean, Defoe and, and Pattinson are fucking masterful in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're so massively intriguing. Uh, I mean, from that get go of them, kind of like standing almost looking into the camera before they enter the cabin. Like it's it's the setup to perfection, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that that both of them weren't celebrated more as as actors, uh, it, it's really fucking sad.
4: No. Mm-hmm
0: it's uh the vif crowd is always kind of interesting too because you get an assortment of people like you get some younger film buffs you get some like retirees who come in and it's always sort of a weird mishmash of a crowd and especially when with a movie like the lighthouse you're sort of like man this could go so many different ways (laughs) like i always like to just do like a quick read of the room and just be like man who's gonna like fucking hate this movie (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, which one of these older, you know, retirees is thinking this is like some, like, I don't know, Nicholas Reffing, uh, you know, romantic comedy movie or something? Like, I don't know. It's like, you just, there's like, nah, you're definitely not expecting what's going to happen. So,
2: well, yeah, because you- even with like the, the, this movie was dark and gritty, even from like the marketing you could see. Yeah. But even then, even with those types of movies, a lot of people still expect the cookie cutter Hollywood like mm-hmm. okay this happens and this happens then you get the answers right like yeah. it. but this movie was 100% not that
0: no like I imagine Dubro version of this movie is that uh, Robert Pattinson beats up Willem Dafoe ties him up gets on a boat and gets off the island you know goes back marries some nice woman or something like that but uh, mm-hmm. no you don't get find, that. Some, find some money yeah find some yeah. money you know I don't know marry or maybe Willem Dafoe was hiding it underneath uh, some floorboard or something but that's your but, dude bro version of this movie. where Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's because ev- this whole movie moves like a, a metaphor. Yeah. Like,
0: mm-hmm. the,
1: the entire movie moves like a metaphor. So to, like, put it into a context of, like, a happy ending is, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you no. know what I mean? Like, also, and, uh, oh,
0: Robert Eggers and Ari Oster must be sharing notes where they're both just like, let's end our movies on the most fucking pessimistic note possible. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm here for it. Hell like, yeah. I like a good down and ending like mm-hmm. i yeah me don't too. get me wrong if every movie was that it would get tiring after a while but i feel like mm-hmm. maybe it's the flip like i feel like there's so many happy endings in movies nowadays that when there's one that's not it actually takes my attention more than uh yeah. alternative so yeah when, re-watching this when it's like oh yeah like none of them make it out of this alive they basically mm-hmm. just like they carry all those all that sort of paranoia to the grave it's it's interesting because, yeah, it doesn't... Uh, it's not Dubro version,
3: that's for sure. Uh, t- <laughs> Taylor, when did... Uh, did you see this in the theaters?
2: I did see... This was my birthday movie uh, last year, actually, because I think it came out back, in theaters yeah. on my birthday. And I. that's uh, usually... Uh, at, October? Since yeah, in October. Nice. Um, it's always... Well, I try and make it a birthday tradition that if I have the time on my birthday, I go and see a horror movie because it's the best season to go and see it.
4: And
2: I'm 100% glad that I saw this at least one time before we did this episode because I remember after I went and saw it, I think you guys asked me during an episode what I thought and like I had not even fully processed it and I think my answer was just like, yeah it was good, but like I had (laughs) no idea what this movie was even about. I was still in the throes of like thinking Mm -hmm. through everything. So I'm very glad that we are now have a, a chance to talk about it after i've processed it a little bit more
4: yeah and
1: i i have to say that the like production wise like like the just given everybody's experience it doesn't feel like this movie should be as as big of a masterpiece as it is because like mm-hmm. like i said i mean it's sec it's the second movie from robert eggers he wrote it with his brother max uh i mean the cinematography was done by yaron blachki who did the, the Witch, he didn't really... He, I mean, he's only worked with Robert Eggers, essentially. Uh, and then the music, uh, Mark Corvin. I mean, he did uh, In the Tall Grass the same year, mm. um, which is really funny because that actually played the festival as well that we were at. yeah uh, That's the Vincenzo Natale one that's on uh, Netflix now. Uh, but yeah, it, it, nobody, nobody is massively... Uh, has a huge resume behind them, except for... Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson at this point.
3: Mm-hmm. The, uh, i got to look it up now who, who did the, the production design. Cause they oh. built this whole like the whole set, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Craig Lathrop, who also did the witch. Yeah. Um,
1: See, all very close to Eggers, all yeah. very close to him, right? Like he obviously likes to use the same, the same people over and over again. Uh, and I mean, I I assume that's just kind of like I mean, once you get into that comfortability, mm-hmm. uh, that that of course you're just gonna, you're going to keep doing that. And I mean, it looks like he's expanded a little bit with the Northmen, which doesn't have a release date yet. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Anya Taylor Joy, Alexander Skarsgård, and Nicole Kidman are your leads in this one. And as far as I can tell, it looks like. Uh, all the, everybody else is the same. Uh, yeah, yarn Blatchkey is your cinematographer. Doesn't have anyone listed for doing music at all. Yeah, yeah. So, another different film from uh, from uh, Robert Eggers, and it looks like it's in post-production now, so.
3: Yeah. Oh, you know, boy. And, <laughs> and I mean, you know, I'm like, you know,
0: sort of, it's interesting that he sort of keeps the general aesthetic with what happened or what he did with the witch and sort of, you can draw some similarities at least aesthetically to this movie, which I think works really well. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited for his next movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I was on board even like after the end of some like, fuck it. It could even, it could honestly be like a fast and furious movie, which I hate those movies. I would still go watch it. Like, <laughs> now i really want to see what a robert Eggers fast and furious movie
3: looks yeah. like. <laughs> yeah hey, you know you we had talked about the aspect ratio the the square academy ratio yeah. uh one thing i love about this movie too is just how much how many frames within frames there are
4: yeah. as well
3: so that little tiny uh window that you have just gets smaller and smaller really focusing your attention in yeah. and it's usually just tra- a lot of the times it's it's uh a motif used just to trap uh, Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. <laughs> because while there's, while it's a two-hander, let's be honest, one of them gets it a lot worse than the other throughout yeah. the
1: course of the movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, does this look like a $4 million movie?
3: Not particularly. No,
1: no, it looks like it was, it looks, it looks way more expensive than that to me.
3: Yeah. Just based on the production design. Alone,
1: yeah. It, say. It, yeah. It, I mean, it was made for four. It grossed 18 which is, I mean, for a movie like this to get 18 mil,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, it's a slow burn. It's a word of mouth. Like, I don't even know how you make it. Like, even looking at the trailer, I'm like, fuck, if I know it, like knowing what I do, I'm immediately hooked. But just for a random person looking at that trailer, like what the hell am I looking at?
3: Mm-hmm. They, It was really buzzy. And so like it got a good push behind it. I'd be interested to know how much they spent on marketing because like when it opened, it got like a fairly wide Theater count and it mm-hmm. made uh, a fair enough number for an indie film, I think. But then it just dropped and I think it hit, it just bottomed about at like maybe 10 in North America. And I guess, like you said, 18 worldwide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it did have that, like, oh, it's prestige. We better get in on this. And then yeah. everyone was just basically like, nope, nope, abort. <laughs> um, because I do not believe it played even for that long here in vancouver because i know at one point i had said oh i'd like to go see this again and it had already left theaters yeah so the fact that it's even getting out to that number to begin with is a a miracle Mm
4: -hmm. um
3: but when you look at the witch which and i i don't know the worldwide but north america that made like 25 million Mm -hmm. with no stars yeah um so this kind of it speaks to um just how weird of a movie it is that with a bigger push and bigger stars it didn't do as well. Yeah. Yeah. In a good I way. I, I yeah. think, I think, I think that's a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. In, well, in this messed up way. Cause that kind of shows an artist, uh, Robert Eggers being like, I'm not going to try to get comfortable in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Mm. And it's well, just everybody else who's catching up to him now in the art world. Yeah. Well,
1: if you, if you break it down to like like you're looking at like the meta score and the of certif- and the rotten tomatoes and then the audience score, like the Flickster or whatever, like meta score is like eighty three, which I mean high meta scores are, are very rare.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh and then it's ninety percent certified fresh on rotten tomatoes, but then it's a sharp drop with the audience score. The audience score is seventy two.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's even higher than I thought it would be.
1: Yeah, it, it. I mean, I, yeah, it's a bit. I expected it to be in the mid sixties at uh, at most, mm-hmm. because it's it is is vastly inaccessible. Like it really, this movie impresses weirdos, which I include us all <laughs> in that category.
3: Yeah, you, you uh, know, I, yeah. I tried very hard to get my wife to watch this with me, oh. <laughs> and she like resisted and resisted and resisted, and then finally gave in. She's like, "Okay, you want to rewatch it before the podcast? Let's do it." And then I just, I thought about just how fucked up the movie is. And like, I didn't, I know her, I knew for a fact she wouldn't like it. So I said like, you know, you don't have to. And she jumped on it like, okay, then I won't. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) and she came back into the room. She had stepped out for uh, for brunch and came back. Well, I think he was fucking the mermaid. Uh, (laughs) And she just like took a look at the screen and was just like... No, I'm glad I'm not watching all of this one. Can you turn it down, please?
0: (laughs) Please, no loud Robert Pattinson Siegel or uh, Mermaid Set, please. (laughs)
4: Um,
0: Yeah, sometimes I wonder what the hell I subject my girlfriend to because I'll be like, let's watch Exorcist 3. And she's like, okay. And she's like, that was fucking weird. And I'm like, all right, let's watch killing of a sacred deer and she's like oh gosh and i was considering watching this with her but then i was like no you know what the triple threat of those three movies i think she might just think i'm a fucking psychopath so, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well and like you you can't prepare anybody for a giant naked willem dafoe that's shooting a big beam of light out of his face mm-hmm. No. You can never prepare somebody for that.
2: Or Sea King uh, Willem Dafoe. I like when he gets all the tentacles and stuff too. That was really
3: yeah, cool. yeah. The Trident. Yeah. Um, speaking of like that moment, uh, and I wish I knew more about the art, like paintings and shit. But like that's so specifically posed when uh, it's Dafoe naked with the eyes, with the light shooting out of his eyes, and it's a wider shot with Robert Pattinson, and just the way that he's got his hand up. Feels so unnatural. I just felt like they were trying to recreate a painting, and I really yes, wish I they knew were. which one.
1: It's, oh, called, see, hip, it's they... called Hypnosis from 1904 by Sasha Snyder. Mm. Damn.
3: They did Why a lot of research.
2: Yeah.
3: Steven can just research this for me on the fly. Well, um, like, even
2: just like with the making of the movie, like researching the way that people talked in that time period, like they went hard on that mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which
0: Robert Akers does. Like he's just. If he's going to do something that's any sense of time-based, uh, yeah, he's doing his research. So yeah, uh, like Well,
1: Pat, Pattinson's accent is based on a specific area of the main farming area, the dialogue mm-hmm. from there. And Defoe is a jargon of uh, Atlanta, Atlantic fishermen and mm-hmm. sailors at that time. Yeah. so then uh eggers just uh they, they were kind of giving it slow and methodical and eggers just told them to can you just tighten it up 75 percent faster and so that's how some of that some of those dialogue scenes were created nice hmm.
0: cool well we should probably move on
3: uh <laughs> <laughs> see even on the first viewing the first time we all saw it we had all these things to talk about that's crazy yeah. yes yeah. um,
0: um only one email this week, but it's a good one from Ryan. He says, Maybe it was all the pot I smoked, but this ending doesn't make any sense. Why was Batman sprawled out at, like that at the end, Ryan? Okay. F-
3: first off, buddy, we haven't seen him as Batman yet. Don't get so familiar. Yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah. What about the. Just call him the box fucker from uh, High Life. Can yeah. we just.
2: <laughs> I mean, he's still a sparkly vampire. Let's not forget that, too.
1: Oh. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> He's a shitbag named Roman from fucking good times. Good time.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: I just want to... Uh, you know, I'm going to be that douchebag who's like, well, he's the sparkly vampire. That's all he's good for. Mm-hmm.
4: Um,
2: he's, he's moved so far past that. I think, so uh, far. I think we can has. bring yes. that up and it not be a too bad thing. You it, know? Like, I'm being but, very sarcastic.
0: But yeah, like, the there are people who probably still think of him as the sparkly vampire but yeah
4: hey
1: look i'm a i'm a christian stewart i'm a christian stewart fan through and through and i always have to face that backlash of twilight and stuff well i'm like okay so you obviously obviously haven't watched personal shopper so fuck off yeah -hmm.
2: there were i mean not to go off on a tangent but there are so many good actors and that were ruined by twilight or like Mm -hmm just not used properly in twilight yep. anyway yeah and i can't um but with that <laughs> ending <laughs> michael cheen <I'm> <laughs> um
3: with, with that ending um like like it's a prometheus and proteus mm-hmm. greek mythology thing yeah. i guess right so so pattinson's defied the god and and climbed up the mount olympus or what have you and then he tastes the forbidden light and then gets his uh his guts eaten up for the crimes yeah,
0: yep.
2: that was the yep. whole. I think that was the whole thing. Prometheus was the one who stole fire back from the gods to bring it to the humans, mm-hmm. which is interesting when you think about. He's climbing a mountain to steal the fire, and he's climbing the lighthouse stairs to see the light. Like, I wonder yeah. if that is
0: the there's some the link there. Yeah, I think that's a lot of what uh, Igris is drawing from when he's yeah doing that. It's it's,
1: it's Greek mixed
3: with Herman Melville. Yeah, yeah but oh. That's it. Sorry. That was just like the most perfect distillation of what the movie is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it was the weed because like, you know, everything I just said about <laughs> for, for me, don't for one, don't you ever, ever blame the weed. All right. see <laughs> so, uh, so, so, <laughs> <and so, laughs> The funny. only time I, you
0: can blame weed is when you are like me, you go see Pet Cemetery, the new one, and you're fucking hot as <laughs> fuck, and you get way too freaked out. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was not. Um,
3: I mean. But but with that ending, I mean, uh, everything that I personally just said, I had to look it up. I didn't know. It, yeah. it certainly enriched the ending when I learned that stuff, uh, as I did shortly after I, so, I saw the the film. Um, but like, even in the moment, I sort of got that he was being uh, like punished by somebody, something mm. um, for this action. Uh, it's. I think the confusion just comes in because it's like there's so much in the movie where y- you don't know <clears throat> what's real or what's in his, his mind. I mean, there's a way to read this movie where it's like nothing fucky goes on. It's all Robert Pattinson's guilt and Defoe's gaslighting that break him down.
2: Oh, my know? God. I have, I have a theory about that. When I was watching the movie, there's that first scene where they're sitting at the table and he drinks the gross water and then <laughs> the second time I watched this my mind went, "Oh my god, he, he got poisoned. That's the whole thing. That swig of water poisoned him and the rest of the movie is just a fever dream of him uh, freaking out." That was my that was my favorite theory from
1: the movie. That's a good theory. I like yeah, that. It is. Cuz I I cuz I I feel like both men are in like cuz I mean, as I said, I I feel this whole thing is completely metaphorical rather than mm-hmm. being an actual human story mm-hmm. um but also these these two men could be sitting in in a purgatory and they're waiting for that ship to take them to the next plane to the Ooh. next part <laughs> of of their existence but the two of them tear each other apart yeah. mm-hmm. before that
2: that's cool i so, kind of like that yeah so
1: it's like it, it, it's it's also like an, an examination of the human condition
4: Mm-hmm. And,
1: <laughs> and I all and I I said this immediately after the screening. I, I think I even said it to to you, Kurt. I was like, "This is the Robert Eggers making The Shining."
0: Yeah, I think too. I mean, regardless of how you interpret the ending, it does such a great job of leaving you with a curiosity as to what it all means, and you want to look it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so many movies sort of spell it out for you, or essentially just don't. Couldn't care less but I do like that this movie sort of says, no, there is a further meaning. It's really up to you and your interpretation of it. It's not open-ended mm-hmm. in that sense, because there is some finality to it, but it's up to you to sort of take your interpretation and sort of run with it. So mm-hmm. it's <laughs> actually interesting to hear what y'all think, because it, there is some differences there and there is some, you know, minor sort of deviations, but largely it is very similar what everyone thinks. And, um, mm-hmm that's the great thing about this is that the ending is sort of left up to you and you don't feel forced to sort of figure it out. But if you want to, there's stuff there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Uh...
3: There's one, you know, I kind of thought about this um, Mm -hmm. earlier while watching it. It's like in some ways, and I like the idea of thinking of it more like, okay, there is something mystical and supernatural with the gull and the lighthouse and, and all of it. But like, again you could almost read it as this is this is uh defoe this is uh which one is he he's wake yeah thomas yeah. wake this is his long con to get uh Ephraim or the other thomas i should say his money so he's like he, the one thing like there there's the um the physical proof in the book of him basically lying and saying this guy's awful don't give him a dime for doing all of this yeah and all of his actions could be kind of like viewed in a way to support that yeah you know
0: yeah exactly
3: so the brainwashing um, and the brainwashing really began once uh, once Ephraim once Winslow God he's got so many names Thomas Howard Ephraim Winslow <laughs> um so many names he's got two what uh, but when he starts to drink when he breaks down then like it's like everything gets ramped right up
0: yeah for sure yeah um but yeah ryan i you know if you want to if your interpretation of this ending is that batman was sprawled out on the end who am i to say you're wrong (laughs)
3: yeah yeah exactly
0: (laughs) i'm not gonna deter your odd interpretation of this ending uh but yes he's
2: gonna he's gonna become Siegelman instead of batman i think
0: do you Aquaman. If, if they somehow tie this all in, like beginning of the Batman is him getting off of those, uh, getting up off the rocks, he's bleeding out and he's like, I'm going to name my son Bruce and he's going to be, <laughs> <He's>... <laughs>
3: <laughs> Oh shit. Defoe was in Aquaman. I forgot. There you go. Yeah. Maybe he just returned to the sea.
0: Oh, there you go. This is the combining of the MCU and DC universe that we've all needed this entire
4: time.
0: <laughs> um, onto awards. Uh best line in this movie. Like
2: oh, you
3: love it? me lobster.
2: Yeah, that's that's that was gonna be mine. I think I think Pattinson has a line too beforehand that's like if I had a steak I would fuck it, and that like sets <laughs> off the yeah. whole thing. And I that's yeah. that's my favorite in this movie.
3: That's that's exactly the quote, Taylor. <laughs> I wrote it down
2: <laughs> while I was watching it. I uh
0: <laughs> I do love keeping secrets, are you?
3: Yeah. <laughs> and there's the uh the creepy uh, why just spill your beans. Yeah. Oh, yep. I like it goes that too. one on and too. on. Um but like obviously with the production design and just like the lighthouse itself, um mm-hmm. it's very fa- there's like it's very phallic. Mm-hmm. And and I realized there's one line where it didn't need to be where like they just basically go into like uh dick talk again and Defoe mm-hmm. tells him to suck off the rust from a nail until it's as shiny as a sperm whale's pecker. Like there's mm-hmm. th- like Three, four phallic things in that sentence that didn't necessarily need to be there, um, but that it, dialogue is just like spins your head sometimes, especially when you realize like how they uh, fit the dialect, the time yeah. period, and the location so well.
2: Mm-hmm. I've a, seen. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
3: Well, there's a couple things about the
1: lobster line. Uh, you're, fun, one, you're
3: fond of me, lobster. Ain't
1: you? you're, fond, you're fond of me, lobster. That that. Um, <laughs> That line kind of goes back to that theme of homoeroticism, right? Because yeah. when asked, uh, you, you know, when he asks about uh, when the, the criticism of Wake's cooking is brought up, mm-hmm. uh, it's almost it's almost like the he needs a desperate need of validation of his lobster because it's kind of a euphemism for his dick yeah you know what i mean <laughs> like that's how some people have taken that one which i think is interesting i think the the filming of that scene is massively interesting because robert egger says uh according to the commentary he says that he did that scene in one take it was wow. just the one time they shot that and defoe didn't blink for more than two minutes in that Jeez. whole speech and it's it's evident on camera like it's fucking incredible
3: And that's when he gets up and he gives them that lengthy curse about he is now, uh, he is now the sea. And then panson has got that great reply of, all right, have it your way. I like cooking. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh. I like that. This movie does that so much where it's like, there's one scene that's really tense and they're fighting. And then the next second they're like dancing and they almost make out, you know? And like, I've been seeing um, some talk online too, about how, like, this Winslow character or Thomas Howard or whatever his name is, um mm-hmm. like how his guilt about killing his previous I don't know if he was like a coworker or his like boss at his previous job, like Mother? may have been yeah, that's kind of what I've been saying is maybe what well, he wasn't just they weren't just coworkers. Maybe mm-hmm. he had um feelings for his coworker, but he didn't want to come to terms with that. And it just came out as this rage that ended up
3: the, With murder, the basically. repressed, the repressed yeah. homosexuality, yeah. and, and I now mean, he, almost
2: experiencing that maybe a little bit again in this lighthouse. And it's kind of bringing him closer to this rage that he's feeling.
3: Yeah, yeah I mean, he when he's fixing the shingle, he, he looks through the hole and he sees Defoe kind of slowly gyrating against his mattress there. And they go again, what you had mentioned, Taylor, about the repressed, repressing everything. I wrote down a sequence of events. They start drinking, then they slow dance, then they have a near kiss, then they fight. Then it cut, immediately cuts to them cuddling, and then they tell each other secrets, and then they go back to fighting again. So it's like the more intimate they get with each other, they're you know <laughs> uh, getting close to it, and then fighting mm-hmm. back in this this macho ag- aggressive way.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: When they, of, they, just of wanna,
2: it. they just want to they just want to be loved, you know? Don't we all? all everything comes down to. We all just want to be loved.
3: Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, there's that whole like stuff where we make treats him as his dog with the leash. Like, there's got to be some sex stuff in there too. Oh like, yeah,
2: that was an interesting. Uh, part of the movie.
3: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> drinking gas and like beating their chests together. Like, there's there's no shortage of it. No, like the dr- dr- drinking the gasoline. No. That that's the part <laughs> where I was like, oh, maybe this isn't a long con. Like, this seems like like Defoe's getting a little desperate here too. Yeah, for sure. Um,
0: all right, best performance in this movie?
3: I can't
1: try, I, I can't choose between the two of them. I, the
0: I, keep- I, feel, I feel like Defoe, like, just edges out for me. I mean, they're both pretty much neck and neck, but Defoe, sort of, I think he has a bit more of a range, just slightly more than Pattinson does, but it's a real cool, but but He's the physicality
1: of, of Pat, Pattinson, though, like, yeah. Yeah, I—I I mean, oh man, I—I—I I, I, I would never. After watching this movie, you could never say that Pattinson doesn't work for his craft because he will sacrifice everything for his craft, mm-hmm. and th- this movie is so evident of that.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I almost wanted to say originally when I chose, I wanted to say Robert Pattinson simply because every like I feel like I already knew Willem Dafoe was an amazing actor,
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, and going into this, I kind of knew what to expect. Well, not, I didn't know what to expect. But, like, in terms of the acting level, I I was confident in Willem Dafoe. Whereas for Robert Pattinson, I was like, what the fuck is this going to be for him? Like, what is he?
3: He has has more to prove, maybe.
2: Yeah, and so maybe that's, I think, why he edged out a little bit ahead of Willem Dafoe for me. But, like, I have no idea. This whole conversation, this whole podcast has just muddled my brain, so. (laughs) We're going to have to make them fight for our for our uh, awards maybe
3: uh, i, I yeah. do think they're great uh Pattinson, you can just you can kind of feel him tr- like working to do that accent a little bit at times yeah uh versus defoe is, is got more of like a, a stage theater thing where he can just like slip so effortlessly into these monologues for sure. with <laughs> these voices and these costumes and in a lot of ways, it's not
0: fair because Defoe obviously has more experience acting than Pattinson does. So I think that's sort of part of it. You know, there's nothing to say <laughs> that, you know, Robert Pattinson in 30, 40 years or whatever is, you know, on a level, if not higher or greater than um, Defoe is. So, you know, but I just think it's just really comes down to their, their acting experience. And but I mean, Pattinson's not a slouch. Like if you discard him just because he's, he was in a twilight movie or a trilogy or however many movies were in that franchise.
3: There's four of them. All right.
0: Oh my God. I, did <laughs> not, I definitely did not need to know that. Uh, you know, um, they randomly come up. Sometimes I'm going to be like, do you know how many movies are in that franchise? I'll be like four,
4: four, <laughs>
3: <laughs> but you know, it's, it's like George Clooney said um, when talking about how you like compare actors and it's kind of the same way with actors. It's good. It's like, okay, everybody play Batman and then we'll compare yeah. <laughs> so then you play Batman, we'll have Pattinson, and then we'll get Defoe to do a Batman, and then we can, might be able to look at him and be like, all right, who's really better?
0: Can we count <laughs> Defoe as Green Goblin? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure.
3: I forgot about that. <laughs> and Aquaman? Jesus. Yeah, he's getting paid. Good for
2: him.
0: Oh, man. I Nothing would make me happier than if the, in the new Doctor Strange movie, out comes Willem Defoe as Green Goblin, and we just get him in the MCU. That's all I need.
2: Oh, Ooh. and then we can confirm who the true Spider Man really is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> as much as, I, as, much as I, I, I love Chris Cooper, he wasn't ever Norman Osborne.
0: No, no, he wasn't. Wait, Chris Cooper. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Amazing Spider Man.
0: Yeah. Oh,
3: fuck. See, I forgot he was in that. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's <laughs> Dane DeHaan's daddy I'm in the to second that. movie. He
0: forgets that he was in that movie, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. I bet. It's like that. It, they call it's that. Gwyn- they call that when um, Gwyneth Paltrow disorder.
3: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was I in that movie? She just, <laughs> she just sees the the zeros in the account go up from the yeah. residuals and doesn't yeah. care.
0: That that's all she she cares about. When her um, accountant's like, "Hey, remember, here's your Spider Man money," she'll be like,
2: "Spider what?"
4: Okay.
2: <laughs> um, I have to go put this jade egg somewhere. I'm yeah. I'll Be right back.
1: I mean, I'll take it. But I didn't remember doing it.
0: <laughs> I watched like the first episode for a Netflix series and I was like, this is probably the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I turned
1: oh, with everybody crying on psychedelics? That was fucking weird.
0: <laughs> Anyways. Uh <laughs> best kill in the movie. Seagull.
3: Besides-
2: yeah, that's mine.
3: Seagull. It's gotta be the seagull. It Look- just goes on for so long. It's so painful to watch and it looks so real. It yeah, does. the, it the does. pop design on that bird is is, is something else. Oh yeah.
2: yeah, it's it splatters when it
0: hits the rock, and also <laughs> it peels like, back layers. It's not like it just happens; like it's a slow buildup. Like he just really fucking hates that bird, and you're mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. starting to hate the bird too. You're like, fuck, this bird just keeps fucking like squawking. Like I just want to fucking kill this thing. And then shades he of
3: black, Philip.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just like, uh, this is I'm not liking this. This is not cool, and. It, it is a slow buildup, but I think that's what works about it. It's, it's not a suddenly like just a random seagull appears and he kills it. It's the slow buildup of man. The thing keeps squawking at him. You could tell he's really starting to just not go well with it. And, and things get worse for him. So when it happens, it's just it's this explosive resolution to something that's otherwise, uh, you know, just a fucking bird squawking at you. But
3: the first I, 30 I, to 40 minutes are kind of like a slow, slow burn too, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, the craziness is just kind of like you know getting up to room temperature before it uh, heats up. Yeah. So, the yeah, yeah. the gulf. We I mean, what's what are the other kills that we see? the like Defoe. I guess- Defoe? Yeah. Defoe. Yeah. When he, yeah. When he bashes him in, and then I guess we can assume Pattinson's about to die. Yeah. Yeah. There's but there's a severed head, and a flashback to a uh, frame getting killed. But it's definitely that goal. That goal is that's a shocking moment. Yeah. Hmm. But I it also we... gets kind of comical because he just keeps beating it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You don't know when that scene's going to end.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I wish I wish we got a name for that bird like we did Black Phillip. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
3: Good point. Good point.
0: <laughs> well, what's going to happen is it's going to be like Don't Breathe where we find out the name of the bird and we didn't realize there was a name for the bird and we're just like, oh, well. <laughs> the guess... bird's
1: not named Norman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh. We got so many emails that people be like, "There's not a fucking name for that character," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's fucking Norman. So it's right on the Wikipedia page or whatever."
1: (laughs) We need Fede to actually say,
0: "Yeah, like Fede." I maybe,
1: maybe maybe I should tweet at him, be like, "Hey man, solve this."
0: I mean, we are pretty much friends now, so
1: yeah, yeah, besties.
0: Yeah,
2: tell me who Norman is.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Did you know this? We demand.
3: <laughs> it's a typo of was supposed to say normal,
1: normal, normal blind guy.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Did you know this uh, Dan? That in "Don't Breathe," Stephen Lang's character is called Norman.
3: I did not. I I thought. Yeah.
0: You thought he was just blind guy, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's he's. Normal. I thought I like only ref- like read to him referred as like.
1: Like the blind man, or yeah, something. Yeah, like that's that. all he's called in the entire movie. Even at the, even at the end of the movie, where they're giving the uh, the 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 news story or whatever, they say a blind veteran.
3: Yeah, yeah. And IMDb, he's credited as just the blind man, so I have to assume it's that in the credits credits. Excuse me as well.
0: Yeah, for some reason, I just
3: don't know where the fucking Norman name came
1: from. <laughs> it's bothering us for two episodes now.
0: Yeah. yeah. Fetty, you have to give us the answers we need. <laughs> um, okay. Final award, dumbest decision. I think probably Howard... Norman Ford.
3: Nordstrom? What the fuck? Sorry, I... We're <laughs> <laughs> right down this hole
0: now. <laughs>
4: Nordstrom?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's got a whole fucking first name, last name. Yeah. Just watching the sequel, though. They're just... They call him Vlad or something like that. Like They don't even call him Norman. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, dumbest decision. I would just went with uh, Howard trusting Wake for too long. Like he really should have just been like, "Something's going on. I'm just gonna Mm -hmm. piece out." But I mean, I guess he didn't have many options. But still, there was enough red flags that you should have been like, "I'm getting out of here."
1: Mine's a lot more simple than that. Bringing that canister up to the top stairs. Mm. Yeah, that was (laughs) because he just had to turn around and bring it back down anyway. So it's very (laughs) mundane. My reason, but. Oh man, that, I,
4: that's my
3: I'm, my favorite part of the movie. I'm not even kidding because like he gets it all the way up there, and then it makes so much sense. Like, why would you? Why wouldn't you just take a little bit at a time? And then he tells him to fucking take it right back down, <laughs> and then get back on that other shit that you're behind.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would also posit then that throwing a bucket of shit into the wind is probably not a great idea. <laughs> either. Yeah.
0: yeah, no.
1: But, which is which was uh, Eggers was inspired by Big Lebowski for that one.
0: oh that's great
1: yeah that's really good eh
3: i i think if if it's like okay if there is like uh these powers these forces at play here then maybe his dumbest decision is indeed killing the gull Mm -hmm. but if Mm -hmm. it if it is like much more uh humanistic than that then really his dumbest decision is to start drinking again
4: yeah
1: because yeah, once... apparently he was sober for a while before it that as yeah. as, as far as 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 uh as far as sorry, um um Robert Pattinson describes it is, is yeah he was sober mm. for a while
3: and maybe that has something to do with like the madness of when he he killed Ephraim like the real Ephraim um but certainly after he starts that it's like he just can't stop and he starts like drinking on the job he yeah. starts like mm-hmm furiously like beating it to that wooden thing and then he destroys the wooden thing and yeah it's then they start drinking gasoline so he
1: also screams at a mermaid vagina
3: (laughs) oh yeah and when that happens i noticed this actually just this morning his scream sounds a lot like the scream of the siren Mm -hmm. in his Mm -hmm. dream vision or when it actually happens it's it's eerily similar
0: this is why kids you'd never take pornhub for granted
3: <laughs> 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 you want to be a fucking pilgrim? Yeah. Or all you, all you get is a piece, a bar of soap.
0: <laughs> if you said that to like a teenager nowadays, they'd be like, "What the fuck? No,
3: no."
4: Oh man.
0: Uh Cool. Uh, any other dumb decisions in this?
1: Really?
4: the Academy not nominating. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. There we go. This. Boom. Go. Yeah.
1: Boom. Uh, so uh a, a mutual uh buddy i think of a uh probably me and dan at least uh scott wilson
3: yeah yeah scott
1: uh his his uh the last line on his uh on his letterbox review for it is don't fuck with seagulls kids
3: <laughs> sage <laughs> advice yeah because yeah uh, uh what, what did, how did he word it He's, they've got dead sailors the souls yeah. of dead sailors in them yeah yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh
0: yeah, Scott Wilson. We have to get him on. Seabird. Part.
3: Yes, we got to get Scotty for sure. He's a good. He's a good guy. Yeah. yeah. Seabirds. I keep referring to. The yes. Seabirds have the souls of sailors.
4: Yeah. <laughs> um.
0: But yeah, that's a pretty obvious one too. Like, just don't mm-hmm. fuck with the seagulls. You know, especially after Defoe tells you, don't fuck with them. Don't fuck with them.
3: Even if it's bullshit, like maybe just like it's just the two of you. Maybe side, err on the side of caution with this one. You know. <laughs>
0: so there's apparently a lighthouse movie that came out in 2016 that uses the same font on the poster as the new lighthouse movie and it's tripping me up
3: what the hell man yeah so it's one like, of those like, like dollar store it. versions
0: that's the thing it came out 2016 <laughs> three years before the, the lighthouse that we're talking about it's so weird oh though. damn yeah
2: i think it was also based on the true story of two lighthouse keepers that went crazy
0: Ugh. <sighs> From what I read, <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't get confused and watch that one instead.
3: Whoa! Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Oh Dad. wow! Mark Lewis Jones and Michael Gibson. Yeah.
3: That Based been- on the Smalls Lighthouse incident, which occurred in 1801. <laughs> wow. They also, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Should give it up though real quick because I forgot they shot this in uh, or shot our lighthouse in uh, Nova Scotia.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So, oh, yeah. I, I heard the conditions were not the greatest while filming this just due to the nope. harsh demands of the weather. So, big ups to that uh, Atlantic film crew for
2: mm-hmm.
1: coming and together. Defoe and Pattinson rarely talked to each other because they were so exhausted from making the movie.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: Did, did anybody see, by the way, like uh, somebody posted online, like some groceries, some Sobeys employees with Wilm Defoe? and he's like they're helping him decide which pancake mix to buy and he's got his scraggly beard (laughs) (laughs) just came straight from the set and he just wants pancakes Uh, yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's amazing but yeah pancakes now
0: (laughs) with that said what would
1: you give was oh, it a picture of him smiling at a box of pancake
3: mix this that's, is amazing. That's the one yeah you see it now
1: yeah oh my gosh I'm looking at it right now it's on reddit this is so,
3: this is so and, great <laughs> and you can tell he's being such a nice guy to these people mm. even though he he doesn't seem impatient but you can just tell like he looks a little tired yeah yeah oh I love this dude he, he strikes me as a good man
1: yeah I I I need I need to meet this man once in my life
0: so I think it's time to give us a score. Gotta... Ten, baby. Oh,
2: yeah. Ten. I mean,
1: it's a fucking masterpiece. Ten. Yeah.
2: It's it's tough because I I do feel like the ten a little bit comes from having to do some homework afterwards and like read up like what's actually happening in the movie. Yeah. But I also kind of like doing that stuff and like mm-hmm. s- like falling into the hole of Wikipedia pages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So I I am not. It's like it was like a flip flop at first, but no, I think I think it's a solid ten out of Mm ten.
3: I think that research only enhances it. It, In my opinion, I think we would all agree this, even without having those those little things filled in for context. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just such a masterfully made film Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and entertaining. You know, it might be kind of a not everybody's form of entertainment it might be a little fucked up but I mean it's no denying that it it's interesting and it keeps you guessing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're yeah. kind of at, at no one point are you like oh what they're they're drinking swish now like oh, I don't want to watch <laughs> this anymore it's like I, I kind of want to see where this goes next
1: oh I know yeah. Scotia swish party yeah. it's almost like we're watching yeah. an old uh, trailer park, trailer boys park
4: episode.
0: Boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just needed uh, Randy from trailer park boys to so randomly show up in this movie <laughs> Um, I'm going to give this a 9 I, I did really enjoy it I do think sometimes the plot feels a little slow um, I don't mind it that much but definitely part of me is like uh, this this, this isn't quite as well paced as it probably could have been but my pacing issues are really like just very small I mean this is 9 out of 10 is still like if you don't watch this movie I may come to your house and protest so <laughs> um but yeah definitely this is a really good movie um and it's one that actually held up for me the first time i watched it it was a very good experience watching again i think seeing it again it was sort of like yeah i can see where the plot drags a little bit but still part of me still invested maybe not as much as it could be in you know where it's all leading to but still Mm -hmm. watch this movie please Mm
4: -hmm.
0: um yeah well dan where can people find you on the internet if they want to Hunt you down and read your amazing film opinions.
3: Well, if you want to just find me, that might be easier because I'm going to be in one spot and one spot only, <laughs> locked inside <laughs> my apartment. Um, but I'm on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Dan Nichols. And then every Friday on Fox around three thirty, what to watch, uh, my little segment airs every week. Nice. With Jeremy Baker. My man. Yeah. Oh, God. Good yeah. man.
1: Good. Yeah, we had, man. we had
3: a good talk about donuts on Friday, too. So.
1: Nice. Great. Nice. Well, <laughs> i actually i had a chat with him a few weeks ago when people are getting mad at robert Downey jr for doing tropic thunder oh yeah yeah yeah. i was like he was like well, you gotta talk to this but i'm like okay fine because i like tweeted about it i'm like how fucking stupid do you have to be this Somebody is the actual the joke that. Wait, that yeah you saying? absolutely missed it <laughs>
3: um but hopefully you can also find me online uh on past also on past and future episodes of the tremble podcast hey hey there that's a little a little plug for myself there to, to <laughs> you guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go wa- go listen to the similar thing, but a few other times, essentially. Yeah, like <laughs> The Shining. Yeah. Which means, th-
1: which means that Dan has to come back to do Dr. Sleep eventually, right? D- oh, I just
3: watched that about four nights ago, so I'm, I'm in. I think nice.
0: uh, we've been talking about finding movies that we disagree on, so yes, let's please talk about Dr. Sleep so I can get my grievances out about that movie.
3: Nice, nice.
0: <laughs> uh, Steve, where can people find you
1: online? Yeah, I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Dead. Uh, you can find my website stevestebbing.ca, and then I'm on uh, the Ship with Drex which is a national across Canada show on on uh, Chorus Entertainment's radio at uh, 11 p.m. Pacific on Thursday evenings.
0: Nice, Taylor. What about you? Where can people find you?
2: Um, not too many places. Twitter, Instagram, this podcast, as Cercianic. Although I will maybe stand on a soapbox super quick and say, if you listen to the podcast and you do want to support things that I do, take your time and attention and maybe put that back into your community, especially with all the things that are happening. There are charities and organizations that Mm -hmm. probably could use your attention uh, in your Mm. own space. So that is my little soapbox rant.
3: Hell yeah. Yeah, can I just, just echo that to you? Pretend I also said that. Because I feel, I, I feel it as well. And you yeah. know what? Like,
0: I I know this may be a little bit controversial, but the people who post, like, just a black image and don't do anything, like, to support these organizations, it kind of bothers me a little bit. Like, you know what? It's, it's, it's this bit of, like, social media sort of mentality of, like, I can post this and I'm supporting them, but are you really? And it's, like, actually sort of take into account that you can actually make a difference and, you know, not saying you have to, like do a hate a huge you know donation or anything but it's better to do something like that rather than just posting a black image and being like cool i've done my uh required bit of uh mild social media protest for the day so mm-hmm. do something even if it is like just yeah like a small little donation to like uh the aclu uh something like that you know makes a difference so
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh hopefully in vancouver two ones that uh I had donated to were the BC Civil Liberties Association Mm. and uh, Hogan's Hogan's Alley is another really good one. I think Mm -hmm. they just set up the option for monthly donations. So yeah,
0: Yeah. nice. It's the idea: actions make change, not you know, black. Absolutely. So I know you know I don't want to discount because for some people that's that's their way of showing support. But if you can, Mm -hmm. do a little bit more. I think we all need a little bit of that right now.
3: Don't don't black out the conversation. Keep it going
0: exactly yeah, exactly and i'm over at three where i do many odd and strange things in the name of entertainment there's a roadhouse commentary up now um, <laughs> Ooh. possibly the greatest movie of all time probably not but you know what <laughs> <laughs> watch it for yourself and find out um let's just say there is a throat ripped out of that movie in that movie and it's fantastic um, also, too, you know, we we got a movie commentary for Midsummer that Steve was on. That was a good time, yes,
1: it was. It was amazing.
0: I drank maybe a little too much vodka and orange juice during that, so by the end of it, I'm like, What's going on with Danny now? Um, yeah,
3: <laughs>
2: doesn't necessarily sound like a bad thing,
0: you know. What,
3: yeah, yeah. that sounds kind of fun, yeah, actually,
0: that's kind of fun. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, that's that's, that's pretty much it. Oh, you know film criticer on letterbox or on twitter fatal koala on letterbox so go check me out there until next time everyone bye for now